An unchanged grid, new team names, and 24 races. It's time that we delve into the 2024 Formula One season. So get ready, because you've been summoned to the steward's office. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the steward's office. I'm Syra, and we are going to be having a chat today all about the 2024 Formula One season. We are what? Just over a month away now from Bahrain testing. I'm pretty sure it starts on 21st of February. So there's not much time left. And livery reveals really, really aren't that far away. And I am so excited for the season to start. So I thought we'd just sit down and have a little bit of a chat about what's going on in the 2024 season, where F1 is heading, what the teams and drivers are looking like, and just things like that. So let's dive right into it. We're going to start off with the number of races, because like I mentioned, yes, we're going to 24 races this season. It's a record amount. And yeah, it is a lot of races. Now, 2023 was also meant to be a 24-race calendar, but China was cancelled very, very early on, I think before the season even started. And then Emilia Romana, due to the flooding, also had to be cancelled. So 2023 ended up becoming a 22-race calendar. And look, those are things that were just outside of Formula One's control. They planned for 24 races. It just wasn't able to happen. So the plan for this year is 24, but once again, you don't know what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure 24 races is the maximum amount that Stefano Domenicali had agreed with with all of the team members. Personally, I think we are pushing the boundary a little bit too much already with 24. I said it in 2023 with my season preview last year. I think 18 races is the sweet spot for me. It's not too many races, but I think we have more than enough to get around the world and see some really, really good tracks on the calendar. But I don't think we're going to be reducing the number of races anytime soon. I feel like if F1 can, they will keep pushing the number of races we have on the calendar. I really hope we don't keep pushing it, though. If we're going to stay at 24, that is fine, but let's not push it to any more. George Russell spoke about it at the end of the 2023 season. I think it was during that postseason testing that it's taking a toll on some of the drivers. He was getting unwell. Esteban Ocon was unwell. And I think some of the drivers are just feeling it not only in terms of their health, but in terms of their family and friendship relationships and things like that as well. And then you've got to think about everyone behind the scenes. So not just the drivers, but everyone in charge of logistics and mechanics, the engineers, PR, all the hospitality people. There are so many people that are involved in Formula One that it's going to start taking a toll on their health and just their well-being as well. There is a lot of traveling involved. It's a lot of time away from family and friends. And it's a very high stress situation being in Formula One. It's a really, really competitive sport. And you've got the eyes of the world on you. Max Verstappen is another driver who has been very, very vocal about the number of races that are on the Formula One calendar. He doesn't like having this many. And I'm pretty sure he said himself, if it keeps building up and building up, we get more and more races. He's going to think about stepping back because, you know, they love driving. All the drivers love Formula One and love driving. But it does get to a point where you might be like, we are just pushing it a bit too much here. But on top of those 24 races, we also have six sprint races during those 24 race weekends. Sprint race wise, I'm glad that we aren't going to more than six. There's still a lot of work to be done with the sprint races. This is only going to be, I think, the third year 2021 i think the sprint races started or is it 22 nope it was 2021 sprint races started in 2021 and they're still trying to iron out a lot of it let's be honest here there is chat about the format changing for 2024 but we haven't had any sort of concrete plan for that yet they have also picked a couple of new places to go and do the sprint races this year. So I think they're still trying to figure out what tracks and circuits would be best suited to a sprint race because i think we saw in 2023 
and since they sort of introduced the sprint races, not all the circuits are really built for that shorter format race. I think when we're picking circuits where we're not seeing a lot of overtakes during a normal race weekend anyway, during the Grand Prix, it doesn't really make sense to have a sprint race there. So we're still ironing that out. I'm hoping it gets better, but we'll wait and see. Where are we going though in these 24 races? What tracks are leaving? What tracks are coming back? What things are staying the same? Well, China is finally making a comeback to the Formula One calendar. Now, we haven't raced out at the Shanghai International Circuit since 2019, and it hasn't been for a lack of trying. With everything that had been going on in the past couple of years and the tight restrictions that China have had on people coming in and out of the country, it's just meant that it has not been feasible for Formula One to go and race out in China. But we are finally, finally going back there, and I'm glad to see it back on the calendar, and I'm really glad that Formula One didn't just decide to sort of cancel China off the calendar for a little while and move on to somewhere else. And it will be the first time that Guan Yu gets to drive in a Formula One car at his home Grand Prix. So that's going to be pretty amazing to see too, because I am sure he's going to have an amazing reception there. Emilia Romana is another track that is back for 2024. And like I mentioned, this was a track and a race that was cancelled due to the awful, awful flooding that was happening in the region last year. And it was completely understandable that it got cancelled. Formula One decided and made a very, very good decision in that the emergency services that would have been there for Formula One in case an incident happened were better used to help the region and the people who are suffering there. But much like China, I am glad that it is back on the calendar for 2024. Other than those two races, though, which were technically on the calendar for 2023 anyway, there aren't any big changes on this calendar. In terms of where we're racing, I don't think we have anyone leaving or anyone really making a big comeback. So it's quite calm in terms of an F1 race calendar. Not like Las Vegas last year, which was a brand new circuit. We were very interested, I would say, to see how that was going to work out. So yeah, no big changes in terms of where we're going, but there have been some movements on this calendar. We have Qatar, which is making a slight movement towards the end of the year compared to where it was in 2023. And I think that is a very, very good idea. Temperatures should be cooler in where F1 have now placed Qatar. It shouldn't be as warm. So hopefully the drivers won't be suffering as much in the cockpit. And also we're not going to see massive amounts of tyre failures. And that's a good thing considering we're going back there to sprint. The Japanese Grand Prix has made a massive move. Now, traditionally, this race is held after summer break in September, and instead it's now been moved into April. So way, way earlier on in the season, it's one of the first couple of races that we're going to, but it does gather the Chinese and Japanese Grand Prix together. So logistically, it should be a bit easier. Overall, though, and this is hoping I've counted everything correctly, I'm pretty sure we have five double headers and three triple headers on this calendar. And that means that we only have five standalone races, five races where there is not a race before or after that weekend. Feels a little bit insane to me. In general, triple headers always feel insane. They feel very, very intense. And as a fan, they can sometimes feel a little bit exhausting. So I have no clue how the teams and the personnel around Formula One must be feeling about it. And if triple headers weren't insane, that last triple header of the season Oh my gosh. So we have Vegas, Qatar, and then Abu Dhabi as a triple header right at the end of the season. Now having Qatar and Abu Dhabi out in the Middle East being bundled up together makes sense to me. To go from Vegas to Qatar though, seems crazy. The drivers and the teams were talking about it this year because I'm pretty sure Vegas and Qatar were also quite close together. The teams were talking about going from America to the Middle East and the time difference that they were having to deal with then and how hard that was. 
But dealing with that in a triple header right at the end of the season, yeah, I don't think it makes the most amount of sense. I feel like if we were to swap a place like Saudi Arabia, which is also in the Middle East with Vegas, then logistically it would make a lot more sense. But yet, that is the final triple header of the season. Vegas, Qatar, Abu Dhabi. Looking at team name changes, though, because we are still waiting to hear about whether or not we're going to have another entry on the Formula One grid in the form of Andretti. We have no really up-to-date news on that yet, but we do have teams changing their name. So Alfa Romeo have left Formula One. They have left as the main sponsor of Sauber. And with that, Sauber have had to rebrand and rename for the next two years before Audi end up taking over. This was a weird one, right? Because the team entry and the driver entries came out in December. So it had all of the teams that were going to be entering the F1 2024 season and then all of the drivers. And the new name for Sauber was on that list. And it was Stake F1 Team Kick Sauber. It was a bit of a mouthful and I wondered what the heck Sauber were doing with that name. But they didn't take long to come up with a statement basically saying that's not our team name we'll be revealing that and they seem to make a pretty big fuss about it i thought ooh, okay it's going to be really interesting it's going to be quite fun and then they released it on the 1st of january and all they've renamed it to is stake f1 team so they've just dropped the kick sauber from the name and they are now just stake f1 team i can't lie to you guys i was severely disappointed. I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe my expectations were just too high. I just thought it would be a little bit more exciting. But yep, that is their interim name while we wait for Audi to take over in 2026 when the new engine regulations come in. I can't lie, guys, from what I've seen online, I think a lot of people are going to be referring to them as Sauber. I think the commentators are going to end up either referring to them as Sauber or accidentally referring to them as Alfa Romeo. So that's on them. Alpha Tauri. Now we had a lot of gossip and rumours before the season even finished in 2023 about the fact that Alpha Tauri were changing their names in 2024. And all that we've had on the team sheet so far is the name Alpha Tauri RB. Now the rumour was that Alpha Tauri was renaming itself to Racing Bulls. It's Red Bull's sister team, so they've kind of picked a name that's quite similar. Whether you're a fan of it or not, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan, but yeah, that was what the rumour was. As of right now, and it is right at the beginning of January when I'm recording this, we've had no update on Alpha Tauri's name. Rumour also has it that AlphaTauri will be releasing their new name at some point in January. So potentially by the time this is posted, we might have an updated name. I feel like it's going to end up being Racing Bulls. That RB at the end would make sense because normally their engine is called an RBPT as in Red Bull powertrains. So to be AlphaTauri RB, I feel like are going to be AlphaTauri Racing Bulls, but then will commercially be known as Racing Bulls. That's what I think anyway, but we will wait and see. We might not have a change in the name until 2025 for all we know. But yes, no immediate change from AlphaTauri, but I am expecting something from them. Looking at driver lineups now, and there is absolutely no change. For the first time ever, every single driver is going to be on that grid in the exact same seat at the beginning of 2024 that they finished in in 2023. We have no rookies, no people moving teams, nothing like that. It's the exact same driver lineup. Logan Sargent's seat was the very last one that had to be announced and Williams announced that after the season finished. I feel like it was like beginning to middle of December. But yeah, we have 
no changes on the grid. What we do have, though, is three world champions with 12 titles between them. Lewis Hamilton with seven, Max Verstappen with three, and then Fernando Alonso with two. And I think if you give each one of those three drivers a quick car to drive, then we would have an absolutely incredible season on our hand. The question is, are we going to get a new world champion this year? And who knows i gotta be honest with you my favorite going into this year considering the pace of red bull and his current form would be max verstappen i don't know many people right now that would vote against him and really bet against him winning another wheel title what i do think we're gonna have to wait and see is though is the state of the other cars on the grid because when we look at red bull christian horner has said they're going more for an evolution more than a revolution of the RB19 into the RB20. They're fine-tuning and just honing in the design of their car. Makes complete and utter sense. No worries there, right? It's going to be a question of if the other teams can catch up with them. Now, we saw Aston Martin make a massive jump at the beginning of the 2023 season, so we know it's possible. And they did kind of fall off the wagon a little bit in the middle of the season gained a little bit of performance back towards the end of the 2023 season so we'll see what happens there same with McLaren they had a very bad start to 2023 they didn't really change anything on their car just yet because they were waiting for this new concept to really be put together and when that came in in the middle of the 2023 season around I think it was Austria Silverstone time they flew but it just still isn't enough from either of those teams when they've been at peak performance to match the Red Bull. So with McLaren in particular, who finished the season off very, very strong, it'll be interesting to see whether they can find that time they need to start battling with Red Bull. But the other important thing is also the mindset and the performance from each of the drivers because the car can only do so much. It's a mindset that all the drivers now come into in the 2024 season. Like I mentioned, no rookies on the grid in 2024. Logan Sargent and Oscar Piastri are going into their second year of Formula One. But 2024 silly season, I've got a feeling it's going to be a little bit insane. 14 of the 20 drivers on the grid will have their contracts come to an end. That is over half of the Formula One grid that are going to be battling it out to keep their seats or find a better team and a better seat elsewhere. That's also not including the fact that we are going to have rookies that want in. Liam Lawson Super Formula, Teo Pochere is moving up to Super Formula this year. We've got the rookies in F2 that want to come up. Felipe Drogovic is waiting in the wings. There is a lot of competition for those seats. And look, I don't think we're going to be getting any retirements in 2024. I know when we talk about retirements, the main two people we think of are Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton. But I don't think either of them are going to be leaving. Lewis has a contract until 2025, I'm pretty sure. Fernando Alonso, I think he's on like a rolling one-year contract sort of thing, but I don't think he's going to want to leave anytime soon either. So yeah, no people opting to retire. I think we will have some of the drivers, about two or three of them, leaving the grid. And I think we're going to have two to three rookies then joining in 2025. Now, the only drivers that don't have contracts that are coming to an end in 2024, and I'm going to have to look on my list for this one, they are Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, George Russell, Oscar Piastri, Lando Norris, and then Lance Stroll, who we never actually know how long his contract is for. Pretty sure it's a rolling contract with Aston Martin. But yeah, those are the drivers who, as far as I know, Contracts are not coming to an end. The only reason they would leave their team or leave Formula One is if they end up opting to leave their contracts earlier than 
what is in them. With Lance, though, I've got to be honest, I think a lot of his contract and his time in Formula 1 now is going to depend on how the 2024 season goes for him. 2023 was a extremely tough year, I think, for Lance Stroll. There were a lot of people talking once again about whether or not he should stay in Formula 1. Does he deserve a seat? Is he going to leave? And for me, like, I think I kind of saw him falling out of love with F1 at certain points in the season. There are times I think he just didn't really look as happy or excited about Formula 1 as we have seen him. And that's understandable. Performance wasn't great. There were a couple of bits of bad luck on his side as well. And especially when you've got a lot of the noise of the media and the paddock around you, people telling you that you should leave, that you shouldn't have your seat. It's a lot going on. But I think with him, it's going to depend on whether or not the season does get better for him. If it doesn't, I think there is a chance that he might opt to step back. And talking about Lance Stroll, let's have a chat about the drivers that need a better season in 2024 because he's one of the drivers on the top of my list because, like I've mentioned, he had a difficult season in 2023. And I've got to be honest with you guys, the performance from him wasn't up to the standard of Fernando Alonso. That was very, very clear to see. And I think what was gutting at some points is that when the Aston Martin was at peak performance during those first couple of races of the season, he just didn't seem to be able to really maximise on it the way that Fernando Alonso was maximising on it. And there were definitely some very, very low points in that season for him. And the pushing and shoving of an Aston Martin team member was just unacceptable for me. I completely understand there is a high stress situation and you know emotions run very high and you're gonna get disappointed especially when you've had a run of results not going your way but I don't think that really excuses a team member being pushed around at any point I just think what he mainly needs right now is a season where he is closer to Fernando Alonso because in the drivers championship he finished in 10th place whilst Fernando Alonso was in and that discrepancy I don't think can be as large going into the 2024 season or when we finish off the 2024 season it cannot be as big as it was so yeah I think it just needs to be an overall better season from him even if the Aston Martin isn't performing as well as it was at the beginning of 2023 we saw it was a struggle for a vast part of the season after the start but we still saw Fernando Alonso fighting that car and trying to extract as much as he could out of it and even at those points where the car was a little bit weaker Lance didn't seem to be able to catch up with Fernando so yeah just overall need a better season from Lance Stroll maybe his seat isn't as at risk as some other people's but just in general and I think for his critics to sort of be silenced he needs to have a smaller gap with Fernando Alonso. Your teammate is always your best benchmark. I mean, look, even if his seat isn't necessarily at risk, you've got Felipe Drogovic, who is a development and a reserve driver for Aston Martin this year. He is readily waiting in the wings, waiting for his chance at an F1 seat. In general, there are a lot of drivers waiting for a seat. And I can't lie, right? I've also toyed with the thought of potentially Alex Albon taking the Aston Martin seat if it was to come available. He's doing wonderful at Williams. I don't want him to move from Williams. But if it meant him being in a quicker car, pushing him further up the field, being able to fight for podiums and race wins, if Williams are not able to sort of make those jumps in the coming seasons, I could see him moving to a team like Aston Martin. Also, I think it would be so interesting to see a driver lineup between Fernando Alonso and Alex Albon. Like, I would love to see the way those two interact because Fernando Alonso does have a pair of Alex Albon's shoes as well. So 
That would be quite interesting. The second driver that I think needs to have a better season in 2024 is, of course, Sergio Perez. I don't think I really need to go through this in too much depth. We've spoken a lot about Sergio Perez. There have been so many reports on him in media outlets and content creators talking about it as well. He is a driver that needs to have a better season in 2024. His contract will be up at the end of the season with Red Bull. And I know they've been saying, look, it's his contract to lose. It's his seat to lose for 2025. But I cannot see Red Bull re-signing him unless he has an absolutely stellar season. And I think he would need to outperform Max Verstappen or be performing on the exact same level as Max. I have a gut feeling that there is a chance that if he doesn't perform well for the first half of the season, I mean, it's, it's got to be quite bad that Red Bull would drop him mid-season and get Daniel Ricciardo in that seat and then Liam Lawson would take the Alpha Terry seat. But regardless of what happens there, whether he gets dropped mid-season or not, needs to be a good 2024 season, even if Red Bull don't opt to re-sign him in 2025. It's sort of your audition to show other teams, look, I've still got it. Maybe Red Bull don't want me, but I could be a great asset to you. The driver that I think needs to have a better 2024 season is Logan Sargent. His rookie season was not brilliant. There were some crashes, some accidents, some contacts, some incidents. Wasn't the strongest rookie season that we've seen. Alex Alvin completely and utterly outperformed him in quality. Logan Sargent was not able to outperform Alex Alvin in qualifying at any race in the 2023 season and there was a very large 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 margin between those two drivers and the performance they could extract from the car williams are giving logan another year they've been very very understanding of the fact that it is his rookie year it does take time and we did have some decent performances from logan i think he can be a good formula one driver but i think for williams to want to sign him again for a third year he's really gonna have to up his game maybe lessen the amount of crashes that he has in 2024 because i don't think williams are gonna give him as much leeway as they did in his rookie season they're gonna be expecting him with a year's worth of experience to step up a little bit more now. I think he did start to show improvement towards the end of the 2023 season. So hopefully we'll sort of see that trajectory continue on. But we will wait and see what happens there. I have two other drivers on this list, right? And I think they need a better season, but not because of themselves, but because of the circumstances surrounding their team and their seats. They didn't have an atrocious 2023 season it's just that there are circumstances that are out of their control and they are Valtteri Bottas and Joe Guan Yu and that's only because Cyber is slowly going to become Audi and I think Audi are going to be starting to look at the drivers they want in their seats for 2026. I don't blame Valtteri Bottas and Joe Guan Yu completely for the season they had in 2023. That car was not great it was awful the driver said the team weren't happy the performance was not there. Now both of their contracts are up at the end of the season. I don't don't know if Audi are going to have any say in who comes into the car now, whether they have any or they might not. But I just think that they're really going to have to show that there is performance that they can fully extract out of that car, even if it's not great, because there is a chance that they could lose their seats. Now, I do think Joe Guan Yu is a little bit more at risk than what Valtteri Bottas is right now, because Valtteri has race wins. He's worked with Mercedes. He's been on the podium a lot of times. He's a lot of experience behind him which I think helps his case a lot more. We know how he can drive when he has a good car. With Guan Yu, I think, you know, it's been a studio in Formula 1 now, so there isn't as much experience for him to sort of back up his CV almost. So, not drivers that I think, like the other three, had a really bad 2023 season and have to prove themselves, but I just think their seats could be in a precarious position and better performances from them would help. 
Now looking at the teams that need to have a better season. And we are going to start off with Mercedes for this. Now Mercedes ended up sticking with a no pods concept in 2023, which to no one's surprise did not work out. And this has just been such a bad showing from them since the 2022 new regulations came in. And look, I'm not expecting them to fight right at the front from the beginning of the year. That is really not what I expect from them at this point but they need to have a stronger and more stable car that's more predictable and more reliable for their drivers because that is what they're lacking right now, especially at the beginning of 2023 before they sort of had the W14B, that B concept car that came in. There was very little stability in that car. The setup window was so, so small. It was really hard for them to figure out a set that would work for them for the race and for qualifying. So yeah, it needs to be more stable, needs to be more predictable and having much bigger setup window. We had no wins from them in 2023, which I think is the first time since they rejoined the grid when Nico Rosberg and Michael Schumacher were in the car that we've had no wins the very first year since they rejoined the grid that we've had no wins from them. So the hope is that what they will do now, right, is they're going to use the learnings from these two cars in 2022 and 2023 that did not work from them, that their drivers hated, that their team did not like. They take those learnings, apply it to the W15, and we get a car that works fairly well. We are just aiming for fairly well. I'm not expecting them to battle at the front and get race wins straight away. But to see that steady progress and just an easier car for those drivers to be able to drive. But on top of that, it's not just the car. The other thing that this team really needs to work on is their pit stops because they were awful. They've been so slow and it is costing them so many positions in the race. They aren't a team that are dominating anymore. So they can't rely on the fact that they can build up a big gap that it's easy to overtake on tracks because they have a quick and dominant car. They don't have that anymore. So losing those positions because your pit stops are slow, it means a hell of a lot more now. And Total Wolf has said that they've had a wake-up call from 2023, that that is an area that is going to have to be addressed and looked at. Now, Ferrari are the second team that I think need to have a better season. And yet, strategy is the main thing that needs to be sorted out for them because it is getting ridiculous how bad their strategy is in some of the races. But I think overall for me, 2023 was gutting because at the beginning of 2022, at least, it looked like Charlotte. Leclerc was going to be competing with Max Verstappen for a title. It looked like Ferrari were going to be battling for a title. And then we fast forward to 2023 and they're battling for second place with Mercedes. So they're just falling behind the pack a little bit. And what you don't want is to see them continue falling back down when they look like they were making progress with the regulation changes. Now we are getting a 95% different car this year compared to 2023. So here's to hoping that that does make a world of difference. Look, I just want to be able to see Ferrari fighting at the front again. They are that iconic Formula One team, that iconic car brand. And I think a lot of people for that reason want to see Ferrari fighting at the front. So let's hope a 95% new car does solve some of their problems. Haas are another team that I think are going to need to improve in 2024. They've got MoneyGram as a massive sponsor. So let's hope the money coming in from that is going to make a massive difference for them because I am a little bit concerned right now. At the end of 2023, during the Austin Grand Prix, they came in with a brand new concept car and I thought it's pretty late to be sort of introducing a new concept car this late on in the season at Austin. But okay, whatever. That's what you want to do. Hopefully it'll work for you, right? And then we heard that this was the concept they were carrying into 2024. Great. 
brilliant, wonderful. And I don't think this has worked out the way they were hoping because by the sounds of it, the drivers are not happy with the way this new concept car drives and how it feels. And it doesn't really look from the results like it's gotten any better for them. We will wait and see what happens there, though. Hopefully they'll sort of go through the data over winter break, figure out what they need to fix, what they can change, and it will be a somewhat better car in 2024. And then we've got Alpine, right? Because it's just a mess at that team oh my goodness i don't know what's going on they just need a more consistent car and a more consistent season because their downfall is their inconsistency when that car wants to be strong it is strong we saw pierre gasly and esteban Ocon on the podium last year so it's not that it's a horrible horrible car 24 7 but when it goes bad for them it is awful I don't know who cursed that team with the amount of double DNFs they've had, with the amount of DNFs Esteban Ocon has had, with the amount of penalties Esteban Ocon has had. I don't know what's going on there. They're not able to battle with teams that are ahead of them, and the teams that are behind them are still a little bit too slow as well. So they're just there, you know? They're not really doing much in sixth place. They are a team that have had a massive set of investment come into them with a lot of celebrities putting their money into Alpine. We've had changes in team principles. We've had some people leaving, but I can't say we've heard a lot about people joining their team. It seems to be more sort of internal restructuring right now. They are also changing a lot on their 2024 car, much like Mercedes and Ferrari are planning to. So let's wait and see what happens there. I mean, look, I am hoping that Alpine can start battling with Aston Martin, McLaren, Ferrari, Mercedes, but they're just in no man's land with so much inconsistency that it doesn't seem likely right now. 2024 better be just a more consistent year of Alpine with less DNFs and hopefully less penalties for Esteban Ocon. And finally, before we end this episode, are there any rule changes for the 2024 season? Well, not really a whole load. Sprint format changes should be happening and hopefully we will hear about that more very soon and I will let you guys know when we do hear about it. But we have some clampdowns on car testing. So what the FIA have said is that a team can't use any new components on an old car that hasn't been used in either a championship race or in testing to stop the teams collecting any data from outside the testing window. We have some things that were going to happen that have been scrapped. So the LED wheel covers that McLaren had been testing out, those are not happening. We were meant to be losing tyre blankets. That's been scrapped. Tyre blankets are staying. Oh, there is actually one thing. And that is the fact that the FIA has decided that teams are not allowed to start any development on the 2026 car in 2024. And why 2026? What's the point in kind of looking that far ahead? Well, engine regulations are changing in 2026. So teams would love a head start to figure out the best ways to sort of package their engine to get the best efficiency out of it, make sure it's cooling correctly and all the rest of it. The FIA have said, no, we are not allowing you to do any kind of early testing on that. It is a massive, massive change in engine regulations that we haven't seen since 2014 when the turbo hybrid era came about. So yeah, the FIA are just putting a blanket ban in anyone starting to develop that car early. And that is my 2024 F1 season preview. Like I mentioned, I think silly season is going to be absolutely insane this year. We're probably going to start hearing rumors and gossip right at the start of the season because that's normally what happens. So excited to see China and Emilia Romana back on the calendar. And honestly, I am so, so excited testing. I cannot wait to see what the 2024 contenders for each of the teams look like. 
and just how the drivers are going to be going about this season as well. There really isn't long to wait now. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast or on YouTube so you can stay up to date with everything that's going on in the 2024 F1 season. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. And DL Timbao, make sure you follow me on TikTok and Instagram at stewards underscore office to get even more news of Formula One. And I will see you guys next time. You're summoned to the stewards office.